Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode 17 of the Dental Download Podcast. My name is Haley. If this is your first time listening, welcome. And if you've listened to all 16 episodes, I am a big fan of you and thank you for supporting so much. But this episode is going to be a little recap of the first half of my first semester of dental school. So I just finished midterm, so a lot of the questions that you guys asked me to talk about today are related to midterms exams and study techniques and how that's been developing and how it's maybe different than undergrad, stuff like that. So I'll be answering all of your questions in a few minutes throughout this episode, but I did want to do my typical intro. So just some like life updates. We got our fall schedule and I'll read off those classes for you guys. I do just want to preface it by saying I would be shocked if there weren't any changes to this, whether it's changing what classes we're taking or changing which are hybrid versus online versus in person, because obviously the world is very unpredictable. So odds are there are going to be some changes to the schedule, but this is what they gave us for now. It's 22 and a half credits which I've talked to some D2s and D3s that I'm friends with now, and they were super jealous because they had 28 credits. And I think, again, that's just because we're not really able to be in person, and they don't know how long that's going to be, so they kind of are planning an academic plan for us and moving courses around to different semesters, and that's just how it worked out for this fall. All right, I stand corrected. It's 22.75 credits, apparently. That little 0.25 is a big difference. But so the first class we're in is Applied Biomaterials 1, so we took biomaterials this summer and I think this is just like the next level of that and then we have oral facial complex and health two, the oral environment which we're in oral facial complex one right now in the summer and then we're going to be taking introduction to clinical skills another quarter of a credit and that one is hybrid so I think we're going to be going in in half groups of our class so that it's a little safer and then we have behavioral science which is two credits and that's also listed as a hybrid. Then we have Clinical Foundations 1, which is um, asynchronous online. The first two classes I listed were asynchronous online as well. And then we have Dental Anatomy and Occlusion 2, so the second kind of part of that class because we're in that right now as well. And that's also online asynchronous. Then we have Comprehensive Care Clinic, which is two credits and also online asynchronous. And then we're learning about the Pathways program as a course, which um, I can kind of explain that in another episode down the line once we start that course and I learn more about it. But basically, you can choose to either take selective courses, so like an oral surgery selective, a leadership selective to fill your schedule your last couple years, or you can choose to be doing a guided research project with a faculty mentor at the dental school. And through this Pathways program course, we get introduced to a bunch of different options and things we could be doing to kind of inspire us to make our decision on which pathway we want to choose. And that one is also listed as a hybrid and then there's cell and molecular biology. That one's going to be one of the tough classes. It's four and a half credits, and that is listed as synchronous. So I'm assuming it's still online, but just we have to tune in at a specific time for lecture, which I'm looking forward to. I'm not a fan of the asynchronous content. It's nice to be able to pause it and study, which I'm going to get into when I talk about how I've like been taking in the content and learning it. But I there's really something to be said about tuning into class and having that guaranteed schedule and like other live humans watching the class with you. Um, and then the next class is oral health promotion system and policy. That's just a pass fail class and it's mixed live and 
um, not live, but still online. And then there's Cariology One, which is two credits. And again, that's a mixed. Sometimes we're live, sometimes we're pre-recorded. And then the final class is Infection and Immunity. That one's three credits. And that is asynchronous online as well. So that is 12 classes that we're taking in the fall. And again, I would be shocked if that didn't change. And like I said, our clinic foundations class, two days a week, you get to go in to the school, I believe in person to obviously be working on our hand skills and sim lab. And they have it divided up into odd and even. So two days a week, the odd group goes and two days a week, the even group goes. We don't know which group we're in yet, but we did also get like a schedule, like day by day, what time we're either live tuning into classes or that they gave us time to work on the classes. And then I guess the final notable thing, but I'm pretty sure most universities are doing this around the country. Um, after Thanksgiving, they are instructing us to not come back to campus. If we are going to be leaving to visit our families, We they recommend that you stay home and don't travel back to Ann Arbor and like bring potential things with you. And then also there are no live classes or sim lab instruction after Thanksgiving break so that you're able to stay home and kind of self-isolate if you're traveling and just be safer. So that is the plan for fall term. And then I also wanted to give you guys some updates about lunch and learns that have been happening for all the different clubs and which clubs I plan on joining because I'm really excited about that. And I think it's pretty cool to look forward to being involved in dental school beyond just classes because there are so many cool opportunities. I know a couple episodes ago in an intro, I read off all a lot of the clubs that they offer at our school, but now I'm just going to go into a little more detail of which ones I'm planning on joining and a little bit about them, but obviously not too much because I don't want to bore you guys. So the first Lunch and Learn I went to, I'm not sure if this is in the order, but is the Dental Student Business Association. So that one I'm really excited about because they bring in different professionals, not necessarily dentists, but sometimes dentists that like own practices to give insight, but they bring in people that are professionals with taxes, with practice management, with accounting, with like business loans to buy a practice, people that can tell you about if you want to like own multiple practices. So it's just going to be really good to learn about investing and financing and practice management, practice ownership that you don't really have good courses for or like in-depth courses for in your dental school curriculum. So this is a way to kind of supplement that curriculum and really try to get that experience. It's a newer club at our school. I believe last year was their first full year, but they're already one of the biggest clubs on campus for like the dental school campus. So I think that's a good testament that this is something people are really interested in and passionate about. And I am definitely one of those people. And then the next one is obviously, maybe not obviously, but many dental students are a part of ASDA, which is the American Student Dental Association. It's a really cool organization. It's national, obviously, and it's kind of the step down from the ADA, which is um, American Dental Association that lots of practicing dentists are a part of. So they kind of have their own like code of ethics that they expect their students to follow. And there's different conferences that if you're on executive board or a certain number of your members are able to travel to with like funds from ASDA. So you can go to these conferences sometimes not having to pay very much money, which is cool all around the country and meet other dental students and meet dentists. And it's just a really great way to give back to the dental school, give back to pre-dental students, work in advocacy, like I said, like with the government and learn from practicing dentists. The next one is Alpha Omega. I mentioned that there were three dental fraternities at University of Michigan. Um, 
DSD, Zips, and AO, and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be joining AO. Um, I picked that one just because I think like you really can't go wrong. You just kind of feel out like who you vibe with the most. And I know a lot of really nice people already in DSD and also a lot of really nice people in AO. So I really think it was just kind of a toss up of which I wanted to go with, but AO has slightly cheaper dues and they're a little bit more academic focused. So I felt like that was maybe the right fit for me. So I'm going to try that out this coming year. And then another thing I want to be involved with whenever it comes back is give kids a smile. I don't know if I would necessarily be like on the exec board for that, but I definitely want to participate in the event and that's listed as a student organization. And then another one that I'm a part of already is the Christian Dental Association or CDA. I just met a couple of the members at a park recently, like social distance and all, and it was really great to get to know some upperclassmen as well as some fellow D1s. And we do biweekly Bible studies as well as when we're able to and it's safe, some kind of like social events and also different volunteering service events. Then there's only two left, but yes, it's a lot of clubs. The next one is the Special Care Dentistry Association. So that one is obviously providing care to people that aren't necessarily like your typical patient, people that might have different needs. So that could be veterans, that could be people with learning disabilities, all different kinds of just special care, like the needs, I mean, like the title says. And we do actually have a course about that in our third year. And the person that teaches that course to us is the faculty advisor for the club. So it'll be really interesting to get to interact with that person and learn from them. And I just think for me, this is an area of my life that I just haven't had a lot of experience with being like the education systems I went to, the place I live, like I just don't have that much experience with that like patient base. And that's to me a weakness in my eyes. And that's something that I really want to get better at that way. If I ever encounter patients that have different needs, I feel confident and that I feel like I can provide them with good care and not have to turn someone away that might not have other options. So this is just something I'm really passionate about and I'm really eager to get involved in and to help people that really need it and that are going to feel very grateful for the care whether that's their family or the individual themselves. And then the final club is the American Association of Women Dentists, or AAWD. I've gone to a couple of their meetings already, as well as the Lunch and Learn, and then there's one coming up in a couple weeks. So I'm excited about that. They bring in, obviously, women dentists, um, different like specialty residents or different practicing dentists, different faculty at the school that are women dentists. And it's just a good way to build up that community and make connections again with upperclassmen that you have that common interest to and then also different practicing dentists and to see kind of what opportunities are there for you and how you can grow in the profession. And then I did also consider joining the SNDA, which I still might join like our school's like chapter and just not the national chapter just because with all of these clubs, the dues are getting very expensive, obviously. So I don't think I can pay for the national chapter of SNDA, but I'm still interested in supporting and going to their events and possibly becoming a member of just like the school's chapter and saving some money in that way. But I do really appreciate and support everything that they're doing for minority dental students. All right, this might go down in history as the longest little intro ever, but honestly, it all kind of fits into the theme of this episode, which is just kind of filling you in on how the first half of the semester went. But I did want to provide a little bit of motivation, and then we'll get into answering your questions about midterms and studying and all that. So... For my motivation, this is a little different than usual, but there's obviously only three weeks left of my summer term, which has 
flown by so crazy. And I'm sure if you've been listening to these episodes weekly and you listen to my first week of dental school, it probably feels the same for you that it has just flown by. But I did just want to provide some kind of like tangible motivation for you, something you can maybe like implement and practice in your daily life. It's actually something that I talked about with my therapist this week is that I have always struggled with this. And if people ask like, what's your weakness? What's your challenge? I always say this, which is I'm not good at change. I'm not good at getting out of my comfort zone. It's just always very scary and I'm fearful and all of those things. But um, especially with dental school, this has been really tricky for me because one, you're adjusting to dental school for anyone that's an adjustment and a change, but then also life during a pandemic and life to online dental school, which other than everyone else doing it now, no one's really done that before. And there's no one that's been an incoming dental student online before. Like this is new to everyone, including me. So it's been a tricky adjustment. But I did just want to say that like change is unavoidable and that's something I'm working on and I really want to be more comfortable with change. Um, There was someone in a group that I was talking to that was talking about how she is like, she like welcomes change and she thinks like a challenge is just this great opportunity for growth and she knows like there's always these great outcomes when you face adversity and I was just so jealous. I was like, man, I wish I had that mindset. So that's what I was talking to my therapist about. And I was like, how can I work to get that? How can I embrace change? Maybe not love it, but at least welcome change, understand that I'm going to grow from it. So um, the advice that she gave me for working on that kind of growth mindset is like, when you catch yourself having those fearful thoughts, like if I'm worried about maybe moving to Ann Arbor in the fall, maybe adjusting to all those 22 and a half credits or whatever, or if you're starting a new job or if you're worried about this upcoming fall semester in undergrad because it's going to be weird or you're an incoming freshman in college and it's going to be weird. Like there's always change in all like seasons of your life. And like I've made it this far, I've gotten through all those changes. So one, remind yourself that You've always faced change, even if it doesn't feel like it, because now you're comfortable where you're at, but you've had change your whole life. You've always coped with it. You've always gotten through it, and it's made you who you are today. But when you do think about the future and you find yourself being fearful or you're in a season of change and you're very unsettled or anxious or fearful, try to catch those thoughts when they pop into your head. And rather than saying, oh my gosh, like I'm thinking negatively, like this is so bad, like I shouldn't be thinking like this, I need to have a better mindset instead of kind of getting down on yourself right away and already making that into a more negative experience on top of it already feeling kind of negative, catch yourself and say, okay, I need to remember that change is a natural part of life. I've gone through so many seasons of change in my life and I always get through it. It's made me who I am today. I will be okay. So rather than phrasing it as like a negative and getting down on yourself, phrase it as just, oh, right, I'm remembering this now. This is something that I'm working on, not something that is like, me saying it when I introduce it to you as a weakness, you know, like not phrasing it like that. And so I know that's not really a typical like study motivation or like, I don't know, school motivation. It's just more of a life motivation. But I feel like a lot of people have that same struggle or at least particularly right now are struggling with change and maybe adapting. So I hope that that was a little helpful and that that can kind of help your mindset and your outlook on the coming um, chapters of your life. Okay, so after the quick little ad, we're going to get into the main episode where I'm going to answer your questions about midterms and studying and adjusting to dental school now that I'm halfway through. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? 
That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so I just pulled up the questions off of Instagram. Again, it's just at Dental Download Podcast. If you're not already following it, that's how you can be interacting with episodes and make sure your questions about dental school and everything get answered or questions for guests. I usually do a post when I'm going to have a guest. That way you guys can tell me what you want me to talk with them about. But so I mostly got questions asking about my study schedule, how I studied, study tips. Um, and then there was also some that were a little bit more specific, like how did you use notability to study and how did you overcome burnout? How did you prioritize your time? And then also someone did want to know the difference between like undergrad midterms and dental school midterms. And then there was another question that was a little bit more specific to um, their situation. So I'm probably just going to DM them back. If you ever message me something that's like really specific to you or like personal, I definitely won't obviously ever say your name, but I will try to get back to you guys personally in a DM or something or respond to your comment. So definitely reach out if you do ever have questions. There's no such thing as a stupid question. I'm always willing to help. And then the final question was handling stress and nerves. I guess that kind of goes along with like burnout and everything. So I think the best place to start is probably with the question that asked about how I adjusted my studying, whether that's note-taking, planning, study habits, and that will kind of take us from point A to B of how I studied at the beginning, what I think was wrong or not the best about that, and then how I'm studying now and what I've learned post midterms, how I can be better. I feel like this will be a little long, so hopefully you're exercising on a walk, chilling, that you have like 30 minutes of time to sit and chat, but maybe it won't be that long. We will see. So as I've said a million times, I'm online this semester, which is so different than a normal class. And I did just post a vlog on my YouTube. It's just my name, Haley Schultz with like midterms. I talked about this a little bit, so I don't want to go too in depth to it. If you do watch like both of my watch or listen to both of my content. But um, basically, it's very different than showing up to class, watching a lecture, taking notes. And then typically dental students then go home and they either rewatch the lecture on like double speed or they rewrite their notes. But that's like pretty impractical to do for an online class if it is not live, if it's asynchronous, pre-recorded. It doesn't really make any sense to sit there and watch the lecture real time and take notes without pausing or anything because I think then you're just wasting time because you're going to watch it again. So I think it's the most efficient to put the lecture on whatever speed you feel comfortable with. I usually watch it on 1.5 or 2 speed just because the professors do talk pretty slow, which I appreciate because I'm sure there's some students that English is their second language or they just take a little bit longer to understand things. So I think it's better that they talk slow and then people that want to speed it up can just speed it up like myself. So typically, let's just say we're talking about histology or head and neck anatomy. I guess we'll refer to head and neck anatomy. So there's a few lectures per week that you have to watch. Um, I've kind of explained this a little bit, but basically there is 
two sessions a week that are like a live office hour review session, and then you need to have the lectures for that topic done before you go to that review. And they're based off of the learning objectives, and each learning objective has a video anywhere from five minutes to 25 minutes. It just depends on how dense that learning objective is. And then each like unit, each lecture unit, usually has anywhere from five to 10 learning objectives. So that's like a big range of time, I know, but it really does depend each learning objective and each lecture, how long things are. But so I put that on two times speed, like I said, and what I was doing originally that I think wasn't helpful is I had the lecture slides and then I was taking notes on the lecture slides as they were talking. But the thing is, a lot of those like notes are you're not writing a ton because a lot of it's already on the slides but what I'm doing now that I think is better is I there's like a text version of the learning objectives so kind of like a reading that we have to do as well as the videos and they're not they do overlap in some content but some content or like knowledge that we have to know is just in the video and some of it's just in the written reading portion so what I do now is I read the re- the written portion and I make a study sheet based off of that and you can see that in that YouTube video and then I put the lecture on the video and then I add anything to that study sheet that I already made that was in the video that's not on my study sheet and the reason this is good to be doing is because by making the study sheet before watching the lecture I'm more prepared and I have some background knowledge going into watching the lecture and then I also have been actively learning it rather than taking notes on something that already is written upon like taking notes on slides or pdf or something you're really not actively learning because you're not rewriting everything but by making your own study sheet on a blank piece of paper you're rewriting things and that's forcing you to start memorizing and start learning as much as it's annoying to have to write so much that's really where I personally learn the most and I think you would notice that as well so that's what I'm doing now that's more successful and again I'm watching the lecture and I pause it if I feel like I need to take a minute to write something down or if I need to re-listen to something they said that was confusing so I think that's the most efficient way to handle that class rather than, like I said, just watching all the lectures at once, taking some notes on the slides, because then you have to go back and make a study sheet or make some kind of way that you can learn this material based off of all that stuff you already did. So to me, that first like two hours, if you were just sitting watching lecture and taking notes on slides, is kind of like not helpful because you're going to just have to go back and do what I started doing right at the beginning, which is filling out the learning objectives anyways. So you might as well just start with the real part where you actually are learning, which is writing out the learning objectives, kind of making your own little study sheet or study guide. And again, I do just want to reiterate that whenever we're back to more traditional dental school, whenever that happens that we do just like go to a lecture, I'm sure I can update you all on the podcast or on YouTube about how I'm studying for that. But this is specifically for the classes I'm facing now for online classes. Um, We also had a midterm in biomaterials. So I can talk a little bit about how I studied for that one after I finished talking about anatomy, but basically we had three midterms. I don't know if I even said that, and I'm in eight or nine classes, I think, but we have finals for the rest of them, and some of them just have like quizzes throughout the semester or other ways of testing us that we just didn't have midterms. It really just depends on the class, but for anatomy, it's kind of split up into two portions, like lecture and lab, and then the lab, we had a lab practical 
online, which is different. Obviously, usually you'd be in person identifying different features on a cadaver, but instead we had to identify different features based on an image of a cadaver that was like pointing to a specific feature. So that's how the practical was, and it was fine. There's also some second order questions in there, which asks maybe like what muscle does this nerve that I'm pointing to innervate, or what is the action of this muscle, or what supplies this muscle. I keep going back to muscle, but basically questions kind of pointing to one thing, but asking you about another thing related to it. And then we also, the next, um, that was on Friday, and then on Monday, we had the lecture portion of the midterm. So that was on half of the material for the semester. So it was lectures one through six. And now we're working on seven through 12 right now, like this current week. So I'm kind of getting through those lectures and studying, like I said, this new way that I've learned to be better. Another thing I'm doing for studying that I think is going to be more helpful, especially based on what I kind of gathered from taking the first set of exams, it is really tough to know how to study for a class till you take some kind of exam or quiz that gives you a better idea of just the kinds of questions they'll ask. Thankfully for anatomy, they did give us quite a few practice questions. We have some on the website we use, which is called Blue Link. Um, I believe a lot of it is free and it's for the medical and the dental students. Like it's open to the public, I mean by free. So I think you could just Google it if you're curious to see kind of what we're learning and what different teaching materials they have public to help people at other institutions and everything. So there's practice questions on there for each lecture, and then there's also um, five or six questions that they give us during that like live session that I said, that kind of review session. So that's how I studied. I looked over my note sheets that I made. I did still make study guides for this midterm. I just made them later, like weeks, days after I had already done the lectures because I realized that reading through those notes, like I said, the notes that were just... Um, base like written on the slides basically like was not helpful I had to like I said like break down the material really thoroughly read it analyze it understand it and then write it out in my own words in my own groupings on papers just in ways that made sense to me so I did make the study guides I just didn't make them as soon as I should have and then another thing I did is I studied a quizlet that a upperclassmen had made for the same class and what I'm going to do now going forward is make my own quizlets because again making the quizlets is just another time running through that study guide that I'm going to be reading it again in order to make the quizlet and then I'll have it to study like over the weekend that way instead of doing all six lectures a couple days before the exam I can study them as I go and hopefully make myself a little more successful on the midterm I did do okay on the exams I got like B's on them which I'm totally happy with I'm not trying to like specialize I don't need A's in all of my classes or anything but I would like to still continue to always strive to do better just in the sense that I want to learn as much as possible Um, our class averages were pretty high on these exams and I said they're higher than usual so I don't know if that's just because it's summer term and usually everyone's in Ann Arbor hanging out having fun and now people are just at home and have so much time to study or if people were just really nervous about the exam and studied more than usual I don't know but our class did really well which I'm happy for everybody and like I said I'm fine with my scores but I was very consistent I got B's on both so I was right kind of in the middle I guess you could say between like an A, a B being in the middle and a C being like still passing. 
And just for reference for dental school, if you're not trying to specialize like orthodontics, endodontics, oral surgery, you just really need to get by and like pass when you're applying for jobs. They don't particularly care about the grades you got in dental school as long as you passed and got your degree. They more so care about your experience, how many of each different procedure you've done, how fast you can do them. And then also like, obviously, if you're fast, they still want you to be good at the procedure. So that's more what they care about is your actual skills, your dental skills, rather than the grades you got in classes, which is why I personally am not going to like get too bogged down as long as I can get through all my classes and really more so just focus on learning the material. But with head and neck, it is such an important class because like we're learning about all the different nerves and those are things that you're going to be doing nerve blocks when you're giving anesthesia to your patients to perform different procedures. So it's really important to understand what muscles that could be affecting. Or if you're doing an extraction, you want to make sure that if you're close to a different nerve, you understand what that nerve is and what it could do. Or if a patient is presenting some weird or abnormal facial symptoms, you could maybe figure out what issue they're having. And that's something that's important as a dentist. So I do really want to understand all this content. And like I said, I'd like to shoot to do better than I did on these exams on the final. So we'll see how that goes. But in addition, so the practice questions are really great for reviewing, making a study guide based on the learning objectives, and then making a Quizlet of my learning objectives. And one thing I like to do for the Quizlet is try to phrase it as almost like exam questions or practice questions. So maybe not necessarily like, what are the actions of the sternocleidomastoid? Instead, maybe write up a question of a patient that would have a issue with that muscle and what kind of action could they not do? Like, oh, you have a patient that can't like tilt their head to the left. What muscle is like not working properly? That's kind of a better way to test yourself. Plus it, again, is requiring you to think even deeper and more actively learning. And you're going to learn the material even better if you try to do that. I know I've definitely mentioned this in videos, but I don't know if I've mentioned it in podcasts, but I did use Anki a little bit. Anki is like similar to Quizlet, but it's an extension that you would download onto your laptop. I guess an application, not an extension. And it's free on laptop, $25 to have on like an Apple device. And then I'm not sure how much it costs for Android. I did end up purchasing it still for Apple my iPad and my phone. And even though I don't use it as much as I thought I would, the reason I like Anki is if I'm doing lab practical questions. So for, again, the lab practical identifying things, if there were any on the review section that I kept missing or just anything from class that I had trouble memorizing, I put those in Anki and um, I used the image occlusion option. So basically you can cover up like all 10 labels on one labeled image. And then you can say like, hide all guess one and then that allows you to have if there was 10 names it would give you 10 flashcards made right away with one click of a button instead of 10 different times trying to make the card so I like using Anki for lab and I think I'm going to keep using Quizlet for the lecture portion just because I'm more familiar with Quizlet the reason I like Anki for lab is because you can put pictures on it for free whereas for Quizlet uploading your own pictures you have to be like a premium member and pay for that so I think that's how I'm going to use the kind of flashcard, digital flashcard systems for now. I feel like that covers a lot of how I studied, at least for head and neck. And then, like I said, we had another midterm in a class called biomaterials. So that is, as it sounds, a biomaterial is something. Oh, this is like testing myself. It's giving the definition for the first exam of what a biomaterial is. But basically, it's anything that is used for the purpose of like, 
the human body. So it doesn't need to be made from a biological source, but it could be. So like if it's a wool sock, that's not a biomaterial because it's not like a health product. It's just made from an animal. Whereas if it's like um, made from an animal that's used to help like a skin graft or something, that would be a biomaterial. But it could also be something made completely from just like chemical components, like a capsule around a pill. That's a biomaterial. So we're learning about the physics and the kind of reasoning for why certain restorative materials are used over other materials in different situations, whether that be which tooth you're doing the restoration on or how much a specific patient, if they have a stronger biting force. And like so words like force like ductile, brittle, all of that is kind of what we were learning. But then we also kind of needed to be able to understand a bunch of different graphs and things and do some math, some equations for like calculating um, resilience or calculating surface tension. And that was tricky because I wasn't thinking I'd have to do math in dental school, but you do have to do some kind of trig type math, like cosine in an equation, plugging into your calculator or like Sometimes there was like understanding a calculus concept. We didn't have to do any calculus math, but like understanding area under a curve, like the limit of whatever. So that was kind of interesting because I didn't think I'd have to do any physics thinking or mathematics thinking in dental school, but you do. But anyways, I was focusing mostly on head and neck anatomy just because I knew that that class was a little more pertinent. It was more credits. It was four credits, whereas biomaterials is only one credit. And it's more interesting to me, and I think it's a little more relevant to what I'm going to be doing in dentistry. I know some people will work closer with biomaterials than other people in the profession, but for me, it's just I don't see it as an area that I'm going to be really heavily involved in. So I didn't end up studying till biomaterials till pretty much like the day before because we had the lecture midterm for head and neck anatomy on Monday morning. And then the biomaterials midterm was Tuesday morning. So I had pretty much all day Monday to study, which I definitely needed all that time. I had already watched all the lectures. That's really important. Make sure you're at least keeping up with lectures. Even if you can't study every class every day, you definitely want to make sure you're keeping up with the lectures, making your note sheets, making your quizlets or whatever you have, like making your study materials, even if you don't have time to review them. I think that's something really important to keep up with. So I had watched all the lectures, taking some notes and stuff, and then I just kind of started making a summary sheet of all the equations and what the different variables were. That way I'd be able to solve the questions in class. We looked at um, all of the lectures for like many years back are all posted on a certain website for my dental school. So we went and watched um, some of his old lectures so that we could see like eye clicker questions. And then um, we had those as practice. And then he also had some questions that he did in the lectures provided to like our class this year. So we had those questions to practice with. And I got on a Zoom with some of my classmates, like just a couple of us. That way we could go through the math again and make sure we knew all the equations, knew all the variables and knew how to solve them. Just because for me, that's what I was the most worried about. I knew the conceptual concepts, definitions, comparing graphs, like I could figure that out myself. But the math, I wanted to like study with people. And so other than that, for again, the conceptual portion, I just made a Quizlet. There's a study guide that was kind of created for us to use by AO, again, that dental frat. There's a lot of different resources that 
the D2 liaisons passed down to us. That way we have some like study materials to look at and kind of just like lecture summaries. Basically the study guide that I chose to use out of all the ones that were posted just was the most like concise to me and kind of highlighted things that he recommended to make sure you know during lecture. So I just made a quizlet based on that study guide and I learned that the night before and then reviewed it again in the morning before the exam and the exam again was fine. I also got a B on that one and I'm fine with that, like I said. So very consistent for all my scores. And I'm glad I passed. Like I said, I was pretty nervous about the first set of exams. For the question about nerves, I think there's truly no way to ever get rid of nerves. I know, and what my answer is going to be, I think is just to prepare as much as you can. Then hopefully you won't feel as nervous because you know you're prepared. I think confidence comes with hard work and preparation. So I think you do just need to study a lot and make sure you're really looking at all of the little details. That's something I noticed for these exams is that they do really test you on a lot of little details sometimes. So that's in my studying going forward for both of those classes. It's something I'm going to focus on more is like tiny little details, which is hard because it's like there's tons of tiny details in all the lectures, but basically just being more specific and rather than seeing a lecture and saying oh well this is just this one little fact I'll just not make a card about that like that probably won't be on there unfortunately you probably should make the flashcard about it because it might be on there so basically I'm just going to be a little more detailed in my studying and make sure that I'm learning those fine details in case they pop up on exams and that's how you get the higher score And that's why exams kind of can differentiate between an A, B, and a C student based on kind of the effort and the in-depthness or like thoroughness of your studying is if you know those like nitty gritty questions or not. Another thing that I've been doing for just general mental health and anxiety, and obviously you get nervous about exams or get nervous when you think about like maybe not everyone, but you might wake up feeling a little anxious about the day ahead and all the work you have to do for your classes or if an exam's coming up in a few days. I've been practicing meditation lately. I think I'm like 12 day streak so far that I've been doing it. I use the app Headspace. They have a student discount. It's $10 annually. You have to like send in a copy of your transcript or something like via email. That way they can verify that you are a student and then you get that discount. There's so much on that app. There's stuff to help you sleep. Then there's also like guided meditations. There's also like positive stories to start your day. There's all kinds of things. I've just been going through the beginner meditation um, like series. It's like 10 meditations. Then I also use like the sleep meditations, but that's what I've been doing and I absolutely love it. It's been so helpful. I don't always do 10 minutes. I don't always do five minutes. It just kind of depends what I'm in the mood for. I try to do it once in the morning and then once at night. And that's been like immeasurably helpful for my mental health. And I think that it's just given me a lot of tools to better cope when thoughts that would usually be really disruptive to my day, it's given me better tools to get through those and to have kind of a stronger mind that can be more aware of what's happening to it and be able to let those thoughts just pass by rather than taking them in and dwelling on them and making it into a really big deal. So I think if you're facing nerves or stress about school, meditation could be really helpful. And again, I use the Headspace app. Personally, there's also the app Calm, but they don't have a student discount, so it's a little bit more expensive. And then there's also tons of guided meditations on YouTube for free as well. So I think I pretty much covered the general question about how I studied. Um, I'll go a little bit into study schedule now, I guess, and then I can also try to talk about note-taking and like using notability, but that's pretty hard to do in podcast format. So 
I guess for note taking, I'm honestly just going to direct you to a YouTube video on my channel about how I take notes. And um, I will put that in the show notes. And I'll also put a screenshot of it on Instagram so that you know like which video you're looking for. Um, but for study schedule, so if I know I have an exam coming up, I definitely try to be aware probably like one week out and two week out every week. So right now, this current week I'm in, I know I have a tooth ID exam next week for dental anatomy. And then the Monday after that, I have a final for histology. So that's kind of a two week outlook. Like I have an exam and then a final. So I'm already kind of making sure that my schedule is planned out for this week, for next week and the following week. Um, I definitely have my schedule, like all my classes and exams and my calendar at the beginning of the semester. And then I also put in either when they told us to be working on which classes or when I want to be working on each class. Hopefully your school, if stuff isn't live, will still give you kind of a template of when you can work on the pre-recorded content. That's what ours did. And I've mostly been trying to stick to that and that's been helpful. At first I wasn't and I was just kind of doing things when I wanted and that was causing me a lot of stress and anxiety. So I think sticking to the provided schedule might help you just feel a little more in tune with what everyone else is doing and feel like you're on track because it's like the recommended version of what you should be doing. So for example, next week I have an exam in dental anatomy where we need to identify different teeth. So for that, I know that that exam's coming up and now I'm kind of making my like study plan, if you will. So I think about when I, I basically just pull up my weekly spread for this week and next week. And I think of when do I have gaps in my schedule? Okay. So let's say tonight, particularly I'm going to finish dental anatomy, but after sorry, I had neck anatomy, but after that, I have the evening that I can start studying for dental anatomy. And then I'd pretty much just decide which days and which times I see that I have flexibility in my schedule. And then especially on the weekends, if there's an exam, I definitely devote like a whole day of the weekend to studying for the exam. I try to give myself at least a half day off every weekend, if not a full day. Usually it ends up being mostly a full day just because you need that break. Um, and then I pretty much just decide which days I'm going to be studying for the specific class. And if there's multiple classes, again, which time blocks I'm going to study for which class. And then once I have that, I then I go and see what's going to be on this exam. So for example, had an anatomy, there was a six lecture. So I planned out which day I was going to do which lectures. And also looking at how long the lectures are, or maybe how familiar I am with the content, if I've already studied a little bit for that lecture, or if I haven't, depends how many lectures I could get done in a day. And this is why you want to do this maybe like two weeks out from your exam. That way you can see if you haven't started studying yet, maybe you can only review one lecture a day. But if you've already been studying, maybe you can start studying one week out instead of two weeks out. So it really just kind of depends on your flow. I wouldn't say I'm a crammer, but I'm also not every day after lecture, I like start learning that content. That just like doesn't work for me. I'd prefer to just kind of relax and have some days that are more light than others. But yeah, so pretty much just figuring out what I'm going to study and then breaking up the material into small chunks. And honestly, there's always times like you don't finish everything that you wanted to for that day and you have to bump it over to the next day. And that's why I always leave the whole day before the exam. I don't really have anything scheduled other than just like review, like a very general, like the word review. That way, when things start getting pushed back, I still have time that day to get everything done. Like you wouldn't want to leave the last lecture for the day before the exam. You definitely want to give yourself one day to just catch up or to study the things you miss the most. That's usually what I do on that last day is study like my most missed and then also go through practice questions again. And then if there is any little things I have to wrap up, I have that time already kind of built into my schedule. I feel like this has been 
so kind of all hopefully it hasn't been too all over the place I guess I didn't really prepare notes for this part I just wanted to kind of answer the questions naturally as I was reading them but I hope it was helpful um I do have that one last question about how is midterms in dental school different than undergrad and again since it was summer term and we're not in as many classes I only had those three midterms so I feel like midterms in fall term when we're in like a full load of classes is going to be a very different experience than this was because it was really only balancing a few exams and no exams on the same day. It was Friday, Monday, Tuesday. So having two exams on the same day is going to be very different. But even in undergrad, I would have two finals on the same day or sometime, something like that sometimes. So like you are used to it. And really the only difference is just that there's way more content on an exam and that there's, a, like I said, a lot of the nitty gritty details do get tested. Whereas an undergrad, maybe that wasn't the case. It's truly not all that different. It's just that it's a lot more content. And I think you just really adjust to it once you get there. And it's okay if you're a dental student listening to this, like an incoming dental student and you don't feel as prepared for your first set of midterms because you haven't been tested before at a dental school level. And even if they don't go as well as you wanted, it's okay because you have the final, you have other assignments to help buffer your grade. And once you're in dental school, they want you to graduate, obviously. So they're going to do everything they can to help you be successful in your classes and pass and get through it. So definitely don't try to worry too much about exams coming up or midterms or anything because they will go just fine. I'm sure if I can do it, you can do it. And I certainly do know a lot more now that I've taken my first set of midterms. I feel much more capable and ready to study for this next set, which is going to be the finals. Now that I just kind of know what to expect and I've done things maybe incorrectly or not as efficiently, and now I'm readjusting and studying in the way that I think is going to be the most helpful. So that kind of brings us to the end of this episode. I, again, I feel like it was a little jumbled, but I did answer all the questions that I got on Instagram. So make sure you guys do follow the Instagram, especially this week, because I'm going to post um, kind of links to all those videos that I mentioned that might be helpful for this week when I took midterms, and then also for different like how I study videos, how I take my notes videos, if you guys are interested in like a visual representation of all of that. But thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next Monday.